We give all praises and thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Salutations and blessings upon the honorable messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. On his noble household, illustrious companions, and on all those who follow the path of righteousness until the last day. This is your brother Idris Muhammad, a research fellow with the African Center for the Advancement of Islamic Law and Policy. Our podcast interface, the Iqra Ummah, is our lecture series in which we seek to educate, sensitize, and enlighten ourselves and our dear listeners on contemporary Islamic thought. Kindly join us on Facebook and other social media platforms for intellectual discussions. The handle is Africa Center for the Advancement of Islamic Law and Policy. Our lecture for today is entitled COVID-19. Allah, stretch forth your hands unto Ghana. Fellow Ghanaians, in the past one week, I have quietly been observing with a heavy heart trends and developments in this country from several courtesies, i.e. the media, the government, government responses, the people, responses of the people, and the views of Ghanaians expressed on many social media platforms. It is with a bleeding heart that I make this gentle observation of mine. Suffice it to say that we are where we are today due to negligent violation of several divine principles. Those violations are so obvious and so dangerous for us to ignore. Let me take some pain to explain them one by one. Somebody may ask, why will all merciful Allah not just forgive his servants and would want to punish them even though they are asking for his forgiveness? Listen to me carefully. Admittedly, nobody can tell the length of Allah's mercy. If Allah so chooses, he can forgive the whole of mankind their sin from the dawn of creation to the end of time. But let's frankly think about this. Where people, out of their own negligence, one time too many, violate the commands of their Lord with little or no remorse, what do you think will be the consequences of their actions? Mind you, in Islam, we are told that rationality is the basis for responsibility. Where a person's rationality is taken away and such a person commits or omits, there is no liability. But where your rationality is intact, like our leaders, 
they are responsible for their decisions and they must accept it. Accepting it is number one precondition for the acceptance of our prayers. We often quote the ayah, Inna Allah ghafoor rahim Allah is oft forgiving, most merciful. That is absolutely true. Allah's mercy is unimaginable. And but for his mercy, none of us will find amnesty. But for his mercy, nobody will pass the test to paradise. Our works would have been too insufficient to make us pass the test. Indeed, the Prophet said, None will be able to get into paradise because of his deeds alone. The companions asked him, Allah's messenger, not even you? Thereupon he said, Not even I, but that Allah wraps me in his mercy. This hadith is in Sahih Muslim. Conversely, it is equally true as shown in the same ayah, وَإِنَّهُ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ And verily, Allah is severe in punishment. The takeaway here is, whilst Allah's mercy surpasses His wrath, we should never undermine or disregard the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, particularly when we willfully disobey Allah and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. From this ayah, threats of divine punishment is guaranteed for anyone who deliberately disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now listen to this. On the 18th of February 2020, I coincidentally ran into a friend who I know to be studying in China in a city not too far away from Wuhan, Webe. I think that's the capital of Wuhan. Yeah, yeah. That's the capital of Wuhan, where the corona pandemic all started. Upon seeing him, I was completely scandalized. I asked him, did you vanish into this country? He laughed and told me he came only three days ago. And you were allowed to pass through the airport? I asked him. And he said, some of my friends were even here before me a few weeks ago. Were you screened? He said, no. They only checked my temperature. Was that all? He said, yes. Subhanallah. From that point, my heart dropped and all I could see was dark clouds of rain in the sky of our dear nations. I could perceive danger on the horizons. In fact, the danger signs were all out. If at the start of a global pandemic, our entry points were still ajar and still widely open for the country in which it started, then the government didn't take enough precautionary measures and let's not take excuses from the government for that. 14 centuries ago, Prophet Muhammad said, If you hear of an outbreak of plague in a land, do not enter it. If the plague breaks out in a place while you are in it, do not leave it. Do not leave that place. And this hadith is in Sahih al-Bukhari. The import of this hadith is taking precaution as a preventative measure to curtail a plague that will otherwise hurt everybody. Unfortunately, this hadith was violated. 
people from China were still coming into Ghana. They were still coming into Ghana without being checked properly. And some Ghanaians, including some functionaries of state, were still traveling around the world, including China, for businesses and other purposes. The last part of Surah to Nur, verse 63, stresses an important point where Allah Azzawajal said, فَلِيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةً أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ so those who violate his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam's orders must beware lest they are visited by a trial or they are visited by a painful punishment leave allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of this when the pandemic started ghanians were joking and laughing about it as if it was a child's play and some irresponsible muslims were on social media writing all sort of things to the extent of saying that it was Allah's punishment to the Chinese authorities for molesting Muslims and putting them into concentration camps. Do you remember that? Do you see how childish and disgraceful that view was and still is? The government on the other hand took it lightly, as if to say they didn't care. After all, it was several thousand miles away from us, forgetting that time and space were demystified long ago following the development of aeroplanes since December 1903. Minimally, I was expecting that some drastic measures would be taken with regards to flights, at least from China, to start with. Regrettably, very little was done, Allahu Akbar. Very little, or even nothing, if you may put it, was done, making it possible for people to freely enter into Ghana, including my friend. I do not know how my friend will feel listening to me, but if he's listening to me, he should kindly forgive me. Because the issues we are talking about here are more serious than we can imagine. Maybe for trade and diplomatic reasons, it may not be that easy for the government to place an immediate ban on flight from China. Just like that. However, however, nothing stopped the government from taking such proactive measures as to secure the safety of the country beforehand as some countries did like the including including the, the United States of America think about this if a person stands on top of mount of, of mountain Everest the tallest mountain on earth with the most sophisticated microscope trying to spot flying object in the sky vividly but could not see it what will be the chances of a blind man wearing dark glasses in the depths of the valley to spot such flying objects. 0.00. And let nobody argue with me on this. Is there any second interpretation to this? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and ignore our limitations. For instance, knowing that China is one of our major trade partners and that on a daily basis many Ghanaians go to China to do different types of businesses and activities, government should have known better government should have immediately created you know isolation centers or better still quarantine visitors and monitor them for some time before releasing them to intermingle with unsuspecting members of the public government should have equipped and retool our health you know systems and our health personnel and strengthen the security of our borders and airports 
wherever government is going to make or get that supplementary budget from, it will still be better than having to raise it later, double or quadruple of what you would have expended were he to act swiftly. But no, our government wasn't, was waiting for this particular thing to, to close on us before it could act. When it became obvious that the disease has drawn closer to us and it's already in our territory due to our failure to act proactively from the onset, the president then comes to address the nation at the point many believed things has already, fall, has already fallen apart and that the center couldn't hold. Strangely, few days later, two cases of the virus were recorded. And as I speak, we are told it's 52. Oh Allah, come to our aid. Help our leaders, our institutions, and our medical professionals on duty lines. Let us assume that the MPP government had failed to take the necessary steps. What would a responsible largest opposition party do at a time when the country is more or less in a state of emergency, demanding buy-in from all stakeholders to fight the pandemic? Sadly, sadly, winning election was a higher priority to them than the safety and security of the Ghanaian people. The general secretary of the NDC was shamelessly playing politics with an important issue which is no respecter of personality. Anybody could be a victim, including him, at any time. He had no respect whatsoever for the feelings of the Ghanaian people. This is clearly unfortunate. Why must our lives be all about politics? What about those who want to buy their peace, who do not want to engage in politics? Please, let's be mindful of ourselves. Everybody may have their own differences with the president, or the government, but is this the time when the angel of death has landed in our territory and can clamp on anyone at any time? Please, please, General Mosquito, with all due respect, don't do this. Now, let us assume that the MPP and the NDC failed to prioritize the life of Ghanaians under a difficult situation. What about the so-called smaller parties? the CPP, PNC, the PPP, etc. Who should have been the voice of conscience? But what, but what did we get from them? What did we get from them? They are as powerless as a paralyzed limb. Shame on you. You failed the country at a point when your voices mattered most. Shame on you again. Our political class afforded to let us down. What about our men of God? the clergy. I thought that being devoted men of God, they would have foreseen this coming and would be courageous enough to speak truth to power, to act proactively. But unfortunately, they were waiting to pray for the nation. Sometimes I have reasons to believe that our men of God, with very few exceptions, are as insincere as some of the politicians, very disingenuous. Where they have to speak for public good, they would prefer to rather be in the good books of the executives so that they could get to be invited to participate in national functions. Participation in national functions, sadly, is a higher priority to most of them than public good. I recognize that some few of them had raised red flags much earlier, but their voices were in the, min in the minority. 
Why I fear that the national prayers and fasting, particularly from our so-called clergy, might not be accepted, as I stated much earlier, is that quite a number of divinely guided principles have been violated in the wake of the outbreak of COVID-19. And mind you, these principles have been calculatively set by Allah to serve us, his servants, very useful purposes. Are our men of God not supposed to be the custodians of divine law? In other words, natural law? In Surah to Ali Imran, verse 190, listen to Allah. Surely, in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the alternation of night and day, there are signs for the men of sound intellect who remember Allah standing and seating and lying on their sides and ponder on the creation of the heaven and the earth and say, Our Lord, you have not created all this in vain. In other words, the principles and instructions of Allah have not been created in vain. They serve our best purposes and it's therefore our duty to uphold and maintain them. We proclaim your purity, O Allah. Save us from the punishment of the fire. Until we make frantic efforts to redress these violations, we might be clutching our straws. In other words, we might be chasing after the wind. Number one, the conditioned precedent for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept sacrifice from a person or a nation is to sincerely fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, verse 27, we read, And recite to them the story of Adam's two sons in truth. When they both offered a sacrifice to Allah, and it was accepted from one of them, but was not accepted from the other. Said the latter, I will surely kill you. Said the former, Indeed, Allah only accepts from the righteous who fear him. Listen to that carefully. Indeed, Allah only accepts from the righteous who fear him. When a person sincerely fears Allah, he does not fear his fellow men. Speaking truth to power, and doing so timelessly is a principle that should never be violated. Sadly, this principle has also been violated. Number two, why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted the dua of Yunus alayhi salam even though he abandoned duty? It is simple. His repentance and prayer to Allah was sincere and it is an attribute of Allah to pardon and forgive his sincere servants. The big question is, are we sincere with our national prayer? Some may be, but I fear that majority are not. Because not a single clergy among those who prayed so far has pointed to government publicly 
that it has abandoned duty to act proactively and government is yet to accept that it had failed in acting proactively to forestall the pandemic in Ghana. In Islam, the golden rule for acceptance of repentance are mainly three. Number one, admitting and showing sincere remorse for the sin. Number two, making a firm resolve not to return to it. And number three, quitting the sin immediately. Yunus alayhi salam met this criteria without doubt. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him and changed his condition. Put the nation to this test and tell me where we stand. Put the nation to the test and tell me where we stand. Number two, our clergy. Given that some of them claim to be friends of God, they are awliya, but did not speak when it mattered most for fear of being blacklisted or losing opportunities, etc. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assures the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhar rasul, ballig ma unzila ilayka min rabbik, wa in lam tafa'al, fama ballagta risalata, wallahu ya'asimuka minan nas, inna allaha la yahdil qawm al-kafirin. O Messenger, announce that which has been revealed to you from your Lord. And if you do not, then you have not conveyed his message. And Allah will protect you from the people. Indeed, Allah does not guide the rejecters of faith. This could be found in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Quran chapter 5, verse 67. In Surah Al-Ahzab, verse 39, Allah adds on, الَّذِينَ يُبَلِّغُونَ رِسَالَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ الَّذِينَ يُبَلِّغُونَ رِسَالَاتِ اللَّهِ وَيَخْشَوْنَهُ وَلَا يَخْشَوْنَ أَحَدًا إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ حَسِيبًا Allah praises those who convey the messages. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises those who convey the messages of Allah and fear Him and do not fear anyone but Allah. And Allah is sufficient to take account. Number three, the principle of timeliness was also violated. Timing of the prayer. Now the question is, why not then, but now? I expected that you know this national sacrifice, that is the fasting and prayers, would have been done from the very moment the pandemic broke out in China. But we were here buying time thinking God is a Ghanaian. Because we were immune from Ebola, that was closer to us. By right, we will be immune from COVID-19, which is far from us forgetting that it will take less than 50 hours and it is at our doorsteps. Among the things dear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is time. And Allah's servants must endeavor to respect time and act timelessly. Listen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. In Surah Al-Asr, verse number 1, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Wal-Asr, nay, I swear by time. The principle of respecting time and acting timelessly was violated. Where you are supposed to act according to time and you delay it, you must be responsible for the consequences. Number four, the principle of acting proactively was also violated. The Prophet taught us to be proactive, not reactive. Do you recall the hadith of Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu where he reported 
that a man asked the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "O Messenger of Allah, should I tie my camel and trust in Allah, or should I leave her untied and trust in Allah?" The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Tie her and trust in Allah. Tie her and trust in Allah." This is in Sunan Tirmidhi. From this, it is quite obvious. We are not ready for the intervention of Allah. We have set aside virtually all the divinely guided principles and instructions. To think that you can willfully forfeit your duties towards Allah and expect Allah to fulfill His duty towards you is a sin among sins. Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 186, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي أَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانِ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ And when my servant asks you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, concerning me, indeed, I am near. I respond to the invocation of the supplicant when he calls upon me. So let them respond to me. Listen carefully. So let them respond to me. and believe in me that they might be right that they may be rightly guided how do you respond to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by obeying his instructions and where you fail to obey his instructions deliberately do you expect that allah should answer your prayer let us employ our rationality carefully but for the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that surpasses his wrath we should not expect our prayers to be answered at all Nevertheless, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us good news with caution. He subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-A'raf, Quran chapter 7, verse 156. Qala azabi usibu bihi man asha wa rahmati wasi'at kulla shay. Fasa'aktubuha lilladhina yattaqoon wa yu'tuna zakaa. Listen carefully. Wa yu'tuna zakaa. My punishment, I afflict it upon whom I will, but my mercy encompasses all things. So I will decree it especially for those who fear me and give zakah and those who believe in our verses. Did you hear that? And give what? And give what? And give zakah. That is charity. Zakah in Arabic also means purification. By way of advice, I strongly suggest that, you know, to government that apart from the fasting and prayers, government should also declare a national day of charity where every Ghanaian who is capable will spend on the poor and needy and those who will otherwise be adversely affected by the outbreak. For charity and what it can do for you in trying times, The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam has explained that to us manifestly. Do you remember Ibn Sina? In Europe he was known as Avicenna. His full name is Abu Ali Al-Husayn ibn Abdullah ibn Sina. That is his full name. He was an Islamic cleric, a physician, a logician, a philosopher, a mathematician. a psychologist, a pharmacologist, an astronomer, a geologist, 
a poet, and on top of that, he was a grammarian. As if that is not enough, he was a climatologist, a hydrologist, an economist, you know, philologist, and a political scientist. In the Western world, he was known as the philosopher and the prince of physicians. Groundbreakingly, he was the first in the history of the world to write the Encyclopedia of Medicine. The title of the book was Al-Qanun fi Tib, The Canon of Medicine, one of the most important texts in the history of medicine and was used in Europe for several centuries. On top of that, his view on the mechanisms of formation of mountains and rocks have been confirmed by modern scientists. And other views, for example, the differential gravitational force for the movement of continents and the existence of current in the substratum has also been confirmed. And many more. Someone may ask, what is the relevance of Ibn Sina in a discussion on Corona in Ghana? It is extremely relevant, my brother. After combing through his history, we learned that whenever he was confronted with a problem difficult to resolve, he performs ablution, go into the mosque, perform turaka, and will sit in the mosque making dhikr, in other words, supplications to Allah, until the nur of Allah, the light of Allah, breaks on him. He will thank Allah profusely. And when he comes out, guess what he does? He will go into the city and spend on poor people. So what do we learn from this? It is indeed relevant to our discussion because we are talking about charity. So when we spend on the poor people at this point, divine light will not only break on us, but our nation will be made great after this pandemic. That is a natural law. And to Allah belongs the best of similitudes. Now let us look at the behavior of our market amidst this pandemic. In the face of a pandemic that threatens the existence of us all, some Ghanaian businessmen and women and some traders will stop at nothing to exploit poor Ghanaians. They have chosen to increase prices of basic commodities indiscriminately, worsening an already precarious situation. For instance, on a fine day, on a fine day, hand sanitizer, I mean the small type, the price for it goes for almost nothing. Overnight, the price has shot up astronomically, making its purchase quite difficult for a bulk of the population. That's what is happening. This is completely unacceptable. This is the time for us to show mercy and goodwill towards one another. On the contrary, some of our businessmen and traders want to squeeze water out of stone for their selfish interests. The Holy Prophet وسلم, in an authentic hadith reported on the authority of Abdullah ibn Amr anhu, recorded in Sunan Tirmidhi, said, Ar-Rahimun Rahman the merciful will be shown mercy by the most merciful Allah. Be merciful to those on earth, and the one in the heavens will have mercy on you. 
So come on. Why must we do this to ourselves? Must we be told that at this critical juncture, we need to be as serious and God-conscious as possible? Contrastingly, I say this because this is the point in which the whole country is on its knees. Muslims and Christians alike beseeching Allah for his intervention. Let us assess ourselves. If we insist on our bad ways and habits, here I'm referring to all those who are trying to take advantage of the situation to milk people. Not only the traders, there are other people in other sectors of the country, they know themselves, who are trying so hard to take advantage of the situation to line their pockets. They should be warned. Assuming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to also insist on us to do what is right before his intervention comes, do we think realistically that our prayers will be answered? Which mouth are, we, are you even going to use to, to, to do this prayer? In the first place, face it. Is it the mouth that you are using to cheat people? The mouth that you use in deceiving your fellow countrymen in this critical moment? Come on. It has been recorded in an authentic narration where the Prophet said, then he mentioned وسلم, a man who travels a great day and becomes disheveled and covered with dust who raises his hands to the heavens and says O Lord, O Lord when his food is haram his drink is haram his clothes is haram and he has been nourished with haram. So how can he receive a response? This is narrated by Muslim in his Sahih. I thought that the state would insist on the principle of fair pricing and deploy the relevant agencies to correct the market distortions. Given that a state led by the president is on its knees, desperately seeking the intervention of Allah. But unfortunately, this doesn't seem to be a priority. Take notice, this behavior on its own can undermine our prayers in front of Allah So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to ignore our behaviors and move in swiftly through his infinite mercy to restore the situation and bring our lives back to normalcy. Brothers and sisters, we are told that out of the ordinary people, there are ordained strength. This explains why every prophet of God from the time of Noah السلام, to the time of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, sought comradeship, friendship and companionship with ordinary people mostly, not the high and mighty who are often arrogant. I therefore suggest that every man and woman, every child and the aged and any other person of good intentions and righteous ways should pray for the country. We stand on a better chance of having our prayers answered if we rely on those groups of Ghanaians. Let me therefore say my own prayer, and I shall continue to pray for the nation until Allah shows us His way through His mercy. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim. Bismillahir Rahim. 
O Allah, we ask you of your complete blessings, lasting protection from sin, comprehensive mercy, acquisition of well-being in this world and the next, the best of provision, the happiest life, the most complete favor, the most generous blessing, the sweetest grace and closest gentleness. O Allah, be for us and not against us. O Allah, seal our lives with happiness and good fortune. Realize our aspirations accompanied with further increase. Combine our mornings and evenings with safety and make your compassion our return and our last resort. And pour the best of your forgiveness over our sins and favor us with the reform of our defects. Make piety our provision and grant us interpretative judgment in your religion and make us depend on you and have confidence only in you. O oh Allah, make us firm on the path of steadfastness and safeguard us in this world from matters that will bring shame upon us on the day of judgment. O oh merciful Allah, lighten for us the burdens of our sins and grant us lives of the righteous and protect us from the evil of the evil ones. O oh Allah, save the neck of our president and all our leaders. Grant our president the best of wisdom and composure to be able to deal with this great issue of our time. Brothers and sisters, you must be told that when the president gets it right in this trying moment, we shall all be happy and content. But if he gets it wrong, we are all in deep trouble. We therefore owe it a religious duty, sonatically sanctioned, to lend him and all others, all other people who are involved in this fight, our sincerest prayers. Oh Allah, save the neck of our countrymen and women, and save your entire humanity through your consideration and mercy. And Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen.